Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Darren, and you can find me on all social media at Darren Kirst. All righty. And today we're talking about Minute 118 of Part 4 Change Machine, which is um, going to start with Wonder Woman grappling onto that broken catwalk in the ventilation tower. And then the minute's going to end by Batman being thrown by a parademon. <laughs> Just the one parademon. Um, and so this minute, the first half of it is going to be Wonder Woman kind of fighting Steppenwolf a bit, um, or, or really... Um, she prepares for a, a, a one-on-one fight with, with, with Steppenwolf. Um, and then Batman finds himself uh, in, in a tussle with, with that said parademon from earlier. Um, this is a, a, a fantastic moment from Wonder Woman and Steppenwolf. I, I believe most of it was removed from the 2017 version. Um, obviously, I, I remember the Steppenwolf crying out Amazon, uh, which is where you can buy... Darren's book. <laughs> hey. um, but yes, he does cry out Amazon, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, I'm surprised that's not a meme yet. Um, but uh, this scene, with especially with Wonder Woman, she's lassoing to the catwalk, that shot of the, the lasso grabbing onto it, um, and putting away like her armaments, getting the shield out, and then her blocking the parademon bolts and showing like you know her face after she puts the shield down that shot right there i I remember it being in the teaser for justice league when they were showing kind of like hey we're filming this movie it's happening uh here you go hall h you can see um what the film is going to look like that shot did not make it into the 2017 version if i'm correct and uh most of the scene here i don't remember uh that it did yeah no i Um, don't think uh most of this was in 2017 yeah. That's because it was too good, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it's too good, too scary for children. They could not have it in here. Um, there's a line here. Um, you know, Kieran Hines is as Steppenwolf who says, Hold. Uh, he said, This one will be mine. And Wonder Woman replies with, I belong to no one, which um, I think it's a fantastic line. I think it, um, great delivery. I think it's a great moment between um, Wonder Woman and Steppenwolf. But I really enjoyed the shot of just all the parademons like kind of surrounding them as if they were going to have like this battle that was going to be uninterrupted by anyone. So, yeah, no, I mean that what you're just talking about with that moment where he says back off, this is mine. And you see the parademons all just kind of like, kind of like back out. And it's so visually appealing because they're all like in a circle around them. And it's just, it looks amazing. It looks incredible. It's something that I'm sure Zach had a lot of fun storyboarding that moment, but um, yeah, this one is really interesting. The way that it starts, literally, with her um, uh, using her lasso to like propel herself up to the neck to that catwalk. The way that that is synced with the music is just so perfect. It's just absolutely incredible. And and yeah, it's just it's it's and that like you mentioned that moment where like she blocks the shield and then she like pulls it down. I mean, that's just it. Just it's so awesome. Like Gal Gadot is so incredible as Wonder Woman, and. I just, it, it's so interesting to me that uh, that like Wonder Woman, like this is her in her element, you know, mm-hmm. like obviously like with yes. D, like with Marvel, you don't really have this, but with DC, you have a lot of the, uh, you know, the alter egos, right? 
And yes. with Wonder Woman, this is her inner element. Like you mentioned last time, you know, in the BVS fight, that was her finally after however many years, this is her back in action, right? This is this is where she feels the most comfortable, right? This is this is her thing. And yeah. you know, even Cyborg to an extent, you know, like the same before in the previous minutes, that was kind of him doing what he does, like utilizing his ability, you know, like in a way that's kind of his comfort zone because he's so frustrated with the outside world, right? He's so, he, he feels so out of place, out of, out of the norm, right? By yeah. design, by design. And it's, it's funny because at the end of this moment, you kind of see Batman and Flash. They're kind of the flip side where like, you, you would think this would be Batman's, that Batman in his element, but he's really not because of the, the supernatural elements uh, surrounding him. Like the, this, he is at a little bit of a disadvantage here, right? And yeah. and Flash, obviously, he doesn't know what he's doing, you know. So <laughs> it's it's that cool contrast that that makes it really fun. Um, I think yeah. I I, I want to like um, echo you with the with the Flash and Batman part. I feel like yes, it is very apparent that they are out of place, but it seems like they are trying so desperately hard to bring that place <laughs> to their realm. You see, Batman. Yeah going one-on-one fist fighting and, and, you know, karate chopping and stuff like, like, like blocking shots, like one-on-one fighting a parademon. That's what Batman does, you know, like he does hand-to-hand combat. So he's trying to like hone in and feeling like what he's doing, what he's doing. While you do see the other people, you, you did see Cyborg go and he went after his father and did his hero thing. Wonder Woman is going off and fighting the massive alien monster because she is extremely powerful batman's like okay like bring it into my world let me just find one and just go deck him find the other one punch him and do that and i feel like flash is kind of doing the same thing where he is still bringing it into his element he's never done this before and all he can do is just dodge and push you know he did i think he said that before he was like i've never done anything i just push people and run away it's like yeah well you just did it it worked. Like, keep doing yeah. it, you know? I think it's... They are so out of place. It is so, you know, otherworld to them that they have no other choice but to force it into their world. And obviously, it doesn't work and they're outmatched um, because they're doing just that, you know? They're not adapting. They're doing what they know how to do, you know? In, a, in, an, in an element where they have no idea what's going on. Yeah, and, and something that I... This is a great example, especially for Wonder Woman. Um, Gal Gadot, honestly, in in this moment, is uh, we've talked about how some of the superheroes that we've we've come to love in these these franchise movies, they start to to lean more into who's playing them than the characters that they were envisioned to be. And so when we look at Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman in, in BVS... And then we cut to um, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, and, and let's say the Flash is, is the latest one. But even if it's 1984 or um, Shazam, too, it's like Gal Gadot. There's there's a difference between Zack Snyder's Wonder Woman and Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, if, if, if that makes sense. And so in this minute here, we've returned to. Zack Snyder's vision of Wonder Woman, instead of just saying, hey, Gal Gadot, put on the costume and be yourself as Wonder Woman. And, and it starts to create um, 
bit of an identity crisis or, or not not be as um, consistent uh, with the character. And, and, and that goes well, as well with, with some of the other superheroes. Is at, over time, uh, we see it in, in Marvel movies as well, where sometimes the, um, the actors start to be more of themselves in, in the role of the character instead of going back to the, a director's vision of what that character should be um, or, or what they wanted it to be. So the Wonder Woman that we see here in this minute is, is very much like that's the Wonder Woman I saw in BVS that I thought was amazing, and, and it's great to see that character again. Um, not to say that that um, that I only want Wonder Woman as some warrior god fighting uh, demons or, or just fighting in general. It's like I, I appreciate Wonder Woman being the kind spirit that she is. I mean, we saw it at the Old Bailey at the beginning of the film where she's um, fighting the the black clad terrorists. Um, that it's that that. You know, Zack Snyder does direct Wonder Woman with heart and kindness and love, um, but it just it stays more in that tone. So when I see this moment here with her fighting Steppenwolf, it just seems like the consistency that I wanted. <laughs> yeah, um, and the direction. Yeah, exactly. Um, Flash, Flash is an important one to talk about in this minute as well. Um, we see super speed used in action to fight parademons. Um, super speed is kind of a, a, a topic for discussion in, in comic book movies. Um, do you guys have a favorite speed moment from a speedster in a comic book movie? Hmm. That is a very good question. <laughs> I mean, is a tall... I, I mean, I, I have to pick the end of this movie, right? With, with Flash. <laughs> I, I think I can't not pick that, you know? It goes either way. I mean, sometimes I mean, for a lot of people at the speed of force, uh, you know, flash time traveling backwards. I, I think for the Flash it, himself, it, it, a lot of people will say like that is the best we've seen of the Flash. And even after after his own movie, it it seems like that's still the greatest Flash scene that we have on, on film. Uh, so absolutely, um, there's there's. Um, conversations about the Eternals and there's a speedster in that movie as well. I don't know if you guys have seen the Eternals, um, but also Quicksilver. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's a Quicksilver in age of Ultron and MCU. And there's also a Quicksilver, uh, in the X-Men movies. And, um, there's so many different ways to do it. Um, yeah, I think, and like there's different, and I, I think you can categorize it in different ways. Um, because there's different views of super speed. Um, I, I think one what? No, I was gonna say I think that's I think that's where it lies. I think that's where the preference lies. Yeah, I, I probably. Um, I I do think that my favorite super speed moment in film. Um. Hmm. Tazia. Ha, it's ha. a tough question, isn't it? It's, a very, it's not a trick question either. I don't mean to trick anyone to saying like, "Oh, you're wrong." Or, you no, know, this, no, no, not at all. This is it's, the best it's one. It's really just it's like, really it's preference. But so in this minute here, um, with Flash attacking or defending himself really from the parody, um, it's captured in real time. It's not slow motion. It's not um, it's not super speed either because I've seen that in films as well, where things are just sped up to to match them. Um, but this one is just real time, and you can see Flash just kind of zipping yeah. from Fa- one phasing, point to another. You know? 
Yeah. Um, and I think that's great super speed to show just how fast someone can be by keeping things in real time. To me, that, that feels more... Um, it's, it's weird to say, but it feels more kung fu in a way. Oh, yeah, just, for sure. Because it's where, well, they're hitting points. The choreography of it all. Yes, exactly. It, and it's and it's the, uh, the the fill animation really. Because I mean, in storyboard, you do see you know you. I'm sorry, you have certain fill moments where it is just you know things where it shows fast motion and whatnot. But when you actually have to like animate that and to show, like you know, if you're doing the CGI of it all, you have to yeah. fill in those, you know, markers. You know, the actors hitting the mark kind of thing and and striking the pose and and you know doing everything so it really comes down to like the animation in between of all that stuff and, and how that is used um, yeah the choreography think, of the parademon trying to aim and hit is is very much like that choreography of, of kung fu where it's like yes i'm trying to hit and there's like that beat per minute like that tempo of hit 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 and yeah. and barry allen played by ezra miller is just like stand 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 and of course it's all done with movie magic, but yeah. it still has that 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 drive to it. That that as a speedster, you go. This is really moving really really fast, and I just enjoy that. I, enjoy I mean, it, I enjoy it pays it off. Obviously, we're uh, we're having a whole freaking five minute conversation about it all. You know, if it was, <laughs> you don't hear us having five minute conversations about how about the a baby's and a dog flying out of a window in slow motion, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we we did have we a did, but it was a little bit different tone. Um, different. so hang on. I got to reel it back. So I think some of my favorite <laughs> moments in film with super speed was and is the Kryptonians in Man of Steel, all of them, including Kal-El. The use yeah. of their super speed, especially in the Battle of Smallville is almost like insurmountable um that's just that's it in my opinion that's there and there was no flare you know the flash has cool lightning and it's like he's got a red suit you know scarlet speedsters red streak that kind of thing it's like yeah there's those elements but the kryptonians were menacing especially yeah. feora i mean she ripped through a, a, a an airplane like that's it's crazy it's it's excellent um yeah i think my favorite moment though it really was at the beginning of this movie, and you know it. It's it still it is in 2017 Justice League and everything, but it is the reveal of Batman to Barry Allen. Um, just that moment, especially in Zack Snyder's Justice League, how different it looks and 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 the feel of it all. It really is, you know, just this speedster, and it isn't about me as the viewer trying to, you know, catch this crazy fast being. It's it's me realizing that the Flash is, like, in this world and mm -hmm. time stops for him, that kind of thing. It's like I come to the realization, and it's really cool just visually, like, how it, you know, visually it slows down with the whole you know, wind coming up and, yeah. and you see little flicks of sparks and, and, and time distortion and whatnot. And, um, and it comes back to the nonverbal acting. Where it, it really is. It's all the face. I mean, like he yeah. just step, he takes a half step in one direction, tracks a moving object with just his eyes, does a head turn and has a whole realization 
a world-shattering realization in-universe as this character, and then kind of goes in and, like, it, you know, it clicks, reaches for the Batarang, comes in, you're the Batman, like, that's... I get goosebumps, so I'm hitting my microphone, I get goosebumps really just, like, thinking about it, because it's these two characters that I hold so dear to my heart when they're portrayed correctly with the exact tone of what I would think that that character on a 2D drawing on a comic book page would have actually been going through if I was reading it in a book. Like, that portrayal matters. Um, so that yeah. moment was probably my favorite, uh, just the super speed Kryptonians, I think. Anyway. I think I think um, now that you mentioned that, I think that would be one of the harder things to do in a comic book. It seems like something you can only do in a movie, which is have a Batarang stay in place so that... The Flash could look at it and then look yeah. back. Maybe I don't know. Francis Manipal does some insane stuff. Like it's true, it's true. It's, it's true. really the, uh, anything is possible with that guy. Really. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned uh, other characters that are not speedsters because any any of these super powered uh, beings can can do things in super speed. Mm-hmm. Um, one Wonder of my Woman favorite does some of the same super speed. It's just blocking with yeah. the the bullets of the bracelet is one of my favorite moments. I think when I was watching. Zack Snyder's Justice League for the first time with you guys, and I saw her do that, you know, deflecting all these bullets in real time. I was just like, I need a gif of that. Like as soon as it, I saw, I was like, I need to watch that like a hundred times just to see the choreography, just to Jesus. see Wonder Woman in real time deflecting bullets. I was like, this, that's what I've been waiting for. And it was like in the beginning of the movie, I still have like another four hours to watch of Zack Snyder's Justice League. But right then and there, I was just like, this is it. That and um, the Icelandic woman um, singing uh, the hymn when Aquaman, that's when I, was, that's when I realized I was watching a, a totally different movie. Um, it's amazing. Um, but yes, now uh, we're, we're talking about uh, Batman versus this one pair of demon. Um, we talked about this earlier um, uh, in our journey to cover this movie, but... The fact that Batman fights one parademon, just one, um, it, it was detailed in, in, in the book, and then they also did a, a, a reshoot scene for the 2017 version. But I think it's very important to have a scene where Batman fights just one parademon to, um, to define just how, not out of the league Batman is, but just how strong one parademon can be, and then multiply that by an entire armada for Apocalypse. Um, what's, what, uh, Darren, what's your take on, on Batman here in, in this minute? Well, I mean, I like that he, he was taking charge and he's kind of this mentor role to Flash in this movie, right? So mm-hmm. he's just like, Flash is like, this isn't us together, you know? And, and just to see him be like, you, your job, get everybody out of here, you know? <laughs> and then yes. I'll, I'll deal with this, you know? And, and of course you do see him get kind of tossed around at the end, but um, just the, the way that he is still that, that figure, even though he's out of his element, he's still like, I can't let that show. You know, I, I can't, I can't let Flash see that, you know, like he's still a, a pseudo somewhat co-leader of this, this team, this, you know? So, um, I think from that aspect, it was uh, really interesting. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's a great mirror to the warehouse scene, which, after Dawn of Justice had the the warehouse scene, you know the, this Batman was just highly regarded in in, in the way that um, 
Zack Snyder can direct Batman in an action sequence, and then you cut to this one, and it's the same Batman, but being thrown around by one big henchman, um, which is redundant. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's, uh, yeah, this uh, big parademon is, is tossing Batman around. It's like, this is the Batman that fought, like, 12 people in the warehouse. And uh, and then to just fight one parademon and to be thrown around in the beginning and and, sh- and, and trying to stay alive from it. Because it's not a Kryptonian, but it's just a parademon. Um, so it's not that superpower, but it's enough to, to, to put Batman, uh, knock him off his feet. Um, it's, it's, it's very quite impressive uh, and, to, and to show just how much he can struggle here. So obviously um, the, there's a lot more to it in, in the next minute. But yes, Nathan. It's, it's fun to, to note. I'm pretty sure this is what's happening here is that um, Batman will activate his uh, voice changer in combat settings. Like, kind of like, you know, with the kind of like the idea of like people using code names over radios. Um, so, like, before, especially in last week, um, I don't think he had the voice the modulator, changer, the, the voice modulator on. I don't think. I think there there are moments where he is in mask and he does not have a voice modulator. Um, th- yeah, which I don't know why. I really don't understand why people don't grasp that concept. Like, I get it. And Christian Bale did a goofy thing. I understand. It's it's it is funny. But the idea is literally like baked in. It's the same, you know. It's it's just it just makes sense. It's one of these things that you don't necessarily have to sell a toy of it for it to make sense. You know, you can sell a Batman cowl and and kids put that on and you run around and say, "I'm Batman." It's like, great. Yes, you are. I believe it. <laughs> you don't need to like sell a separate voice modulator to actual to, to add to that. You know what I mean? You don't need to say, well, you're not Batman because you don't have a voice changer, you know? Yeah, or you um, got to do the, the voice. <laughs> right. So, like, it's, it's those little details. Because um, I'm pretty sure at the beginning, or at least earlier in the movie, he was in the suit and did not use a voice changer. He was talking normally, maybe a little bit down. Yeah, yeah, because we were, we were talking with Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, and yeah. And he, he doesn't have the modulator there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it really does seem. I mean, that's also could be a, a, a cue to to his relationship between him and Gordon. That's fun I, to I think, think about. I think it's like um, when when he wants to be the Bat versus just being Batman, right? When because he's useful, like, he's he's real when he's when useful yeah or when and when it's not useful and he doesn't want to be real. Like yeah. Cyborg would say, like I didn't think you were real. In those moments, it's like when I don't want to be real. That's the modulator. That's when I don't, you know. That's 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 when I become the terror in the night. Yeah, um, yeah. I just think it's great. Uh, I I think the Dawn of Justice voice modulator is some of the best uh, on-screen Batman performances, and and with that little touch that I've ever seen. Obviously, um, it's great. This voice modulator is a little bit uh, down tempo. Or down, down, down beat, sorry, or down, pitch. down, down, down pitch, not down, down beat, <laughs> down tempo. That's the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Down, down and pitch. Uh, I don't know. It's just, but the idea that like it is go time. We're in the costume, like we're in the suits. 
Let's do the thing. They already lost element of surprise. There's no, there's no need for it. <laughs> this dude they crushed don't know this who they are. <laughs> He jumped yeah. down a second-story catwalk and crushed that parademon. Shoulders, like, just absolutely. And this is, like, Ben Affleck Batman. This guy's huge. Yeah. This, this, this is the Dark Knight, ins- Dark Knight Returns inspired yeah. um, of Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, just... There's, there, I could never say anything bad about this, this the Batman that we have on this film because um, it is just perfect. It's always been perfect casting. It's always been perfectly um, portrayed by Richard Cetron, who does this, the stunt work, um, the suit, Michael Wilkinson, everything that's ever gone into Ben Affleck's Batman, as we all call it, um, has always been 10 out of 10 for me. So it is quite always, always impressive. All right, we're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can chat with us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content, we also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.